Welcome to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast, where we talk all things social media marketing to help your Christian media, Christian missionary, or church outreach find the seekers in your context. We want to help you get the right message in front of the right person at the right time and even on the right device. Are you ready? Here's your host, John Rawls, owner of Kavanaugh Media. Hey everyone, welcome again to the podcast. My name is John and I am thankful as always for you all to take time out of your ministry schedules to be a part of this conversation about how we can leverage technology and marketing to find those who the Holy Spirit is working in, to find those seekers around the world to best understand how we can leverage social media marketing specifically to be able to put content in front of them to get them to reach out. Now, one of the things that we're going to talk about today is really just more on the sociology side because so much of what we do is science and art. And so there are certain, there's data, there's certain metrics, there's certain skills and, and techniques and things that we need to do. That's all part of the science part of this. And yet we're really also talking about the psychic, the, the psychic part of people, the, the way they think, and so their their soul, the way God has created them, and so much of that is more on the soft science side. That's more of the art side of figuring these things out. And we test them, we look at what's working, what's not working, we try to do more of that. And yet there is a principle, really a couple different ones that I want to share with you today. Now I don't know if you've ever made a candle. But I haven't. But I do know this, that if you're going to make a candle, you don't just take a, a big old block of wax and then put a wick in it and say, you're done. There's a mold, there's a shape that you want that wax to take form in. And to get it to take that kind of form, you need to melt the wax first. You need to soften it. Now, Ultimately, this is the Holy Spirit who is doing this. And truthfully, there's probably belief disruption that's taking place long before of this. And we're talking about like COVID-19 or major cultural things, things that are that are shocking the world when ISIS or Daesh is doing things. What what's happening there? That that can really challenge a person's belief system. What I'm talking about it goes along with that, but once there's a conversation, once there's a part of this process, there are some things that we can do from the very beginning. On your know, like, trust, on your awareness, your top-level ads, on, on, and working your way down, things that we can do so that we can have a conversation before there's a conversion. And so thinking small little steps and thinking about anticipating the objections, the questions, things like that that people might have when they are being approached for the very first time to think about a completely different worldview or to consider Jesus. And so there is a book that I read several years ago that's called Persuasion that really I have felt like has, has influenced the ways I look at a lot of this. It is written by a guy named Robert Cialdini, and he is and was a professor of psychology and marketing at Arizona State University. And he's written several books, The Small Big, Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion, and this book, 
pre-suasion. And the whole idea of that is that what we do from the very, very beginning can make a major difference later on in that person's, the way they approach things, and for us, the spiritual decisions that they are making. And I want to just say this as clearly as I can. We're not talking about manipulation. I do not want to manipulate people into the kingdom, nor do I believe that it is my job to convict. I believe the Holy Spirit is the one who guides people to truth. He is the one calling, and he is the convictor. What I am saying is, is that I think there's ways for us to use media and the, our copy, our headlines, the creatives that can best align with what the Holy Spirit is doing. In the idea of debate, there is this idea of what you present first and what you present last are the most compelling parts to an argument. Or if you're reading a document, the first sentence and the last sentence of that paragraph probably contains most of the information. Now, some of you are thinking, I wish I would have known this when I was in college and grad school, but that's probably true, that, the, that most of that information is there. And so he even says what we present first changes the way people experience what we present to them next. Thinking about steps as we go through. So I want to talk about that today. Some lessons that, that I've learned, lessons that I'm seeing from his book, lessons I'm hearing from you all uh, from the field. So this is more today's podcast of a strategy or mindset of this idea about how can we melt that wax and how can we help people realize that they are not alone. And so there's several ways to do this. So we want to get people receptive to the message, the good news, even before they hear it. And so when we are paying attention to these kind of things, then it's going to become more important. And we want others to pay attention to something, and it will automatically become more important to them as well. It's kind of like if you've ever gotten a vehicle, you know, used one or maybe a, a brand new vehicle, and all of a sudden, you start to see that vehicle on the road. It's been there all along. We're just, now our conscious and even subconscious is beginning to notice these things that have become more important to us or things that we become more aware of. That's what we're trying to do here spiritually is to get people aware, to pay attention, to maybe consider that, that, that God is doing something in their life. And so we want to direct their attention in this, this new direction, this new thought process, so that they can hopefully leave some of those previous mindsets, those previous concerns, those felt needs, those spiritual longings, and begin to find the answers to them. And so there's some ways that marketers do this. You all know this, and, and I am not recommending that we do these in our types of marketing. So obviously, sex sells. And so pictures of, of beautiful men or women or whatever, depending upon your target audience, well, that'll get people's attention. If there's danger, if there's clickbait type things of using certain phrases or whatever, or if, if something's brand new or whatever, and they go, well, you know, it's novel to them. Well, that's the only one I'm thinking, that there may be a way where we can leverage some of this, wow, I never knew, or I had no idea, that we can leverage those in our marketing. And so the key here comes from, one of the keys, from this idea from StoryBrand, of this idea that they are on a journey, and so we're just walking with them. We're the guide. They're the, if you excuse my Star Wars pun here, they're Luke Skywalker. 
we are Yoda. We are Ben Kenobi. And so we're the, the person that's walking with them, but they are the one that's in this story that's happening. And God and them are working together. And he is that hero in this person's life. And so we want to help hold their attention by making the content that we present to them about them. One of the mistakes I see that we're making at times is we spend a lot of time talking about us before we talk about them, before they can understand that we know who they are and that we are like them. So what does that look like? I think it's one of the questions that people just subconsciously think about a lot is when they meet someone, who are they? And are they like me? Or is this person or is this item or is this politician or is this this preacher? Wherever we're at, we're meeting people and we're asking ourselves just internally, do we like this person? Are they like me? I would bet that most of your friends are similar to you, which is one of the reasons why testimonies can be so powerful is because they can relate to it because they probably already have a lot of connections, a common ground with you. Regardless of language, I found that that people are just people. After I got to a certain level of proficiency in Mandarin, uh, spending the time that we worked in doing church planning in Taiwan, I began to just see it there as well, that people are people. They have hopes and dreams and fears. They, Whether they were Buddhist or atheist or whatever, there was so much common ground there. And part of, of that is through the use of asking questions and letting them begin to, as I've said before, we can't tell them what to think, but we can get them to begin to think about something. And part of that as well is when we talk about a pain point or a spiritual longing and we use it as a question. So it could be something as simple as, have you ever wondered if there's just more to this life? We have to. Notice there, I use the word we because I, I think that's just such a powerful word. We want people to understand that they are not alone. And we want to be open enough to let them know that we have questions. We have struggles. We have wondered these things as well so that they can realize, well, this person is like me. So this impacts your About Us page on your website where you can really put more in there. We are a group of people who have struggled, who have concerns, who have had questions, who have been afraid, but we have found peace and hope and love in Jesus, and we love to share with other people. Now, you don't have to use that line, but something like that, because when you ask questions, they begin to process it. They, you almost just can't not think about a question. But you also can get them to hold their attention because you aren't telling them the answer. So there's a power of having unfinished stories or mystery. We love those. This is one of the reasons why it's important that when you do clips or videos that you don't have to necessarily create the answer in the ad. You can leave that tension there so that they can click on it to learn more, to traffic to your web page where they can develop those answers or find those answers. This is really, really important because one of the things that I am reading in different magazines, journals out there, just in society in general, I think you all will see this, is that trust itself is lacking. People just don't trust. They don't trust the media. They don't trust politicians. They don't trust um, 
articles. They don't trust scientists. They're not trusting anything. It, it seems as if that we can't trust anything anymore with deep fakes and with false truths or half truths or whatever else. We're all working and running around going, I wonder if that's really, really true. So there's just this skepticism that people are going to see your spiritual seekers are going to see these ads and there's going to be a lack of trust there and they're going to have some expectations. So there's a theory called EVT, expectancy violation theory, which basically talks about that we judge every encounter from a set of expectations that we have. And then we, we base that on this ongoing continuum of is it meeting or not meeting the expectations. And when all of a sudden people realize, well, I expected Christians to be like this, or I thought all Christians were like this, or I thought the Injil or the Bible or whatever was like this, and you're showing them through content and ads and conversation that it's not, that it's different, that it's even better than their expectations, that's where they begin to convince themselves. Because the greatest argument, the greatest debate is the one that we form ourselves and so we want to create this common identity with people. We want them to realize that they are not alone. I was thinking back about that phrase of where I first heard it. It was one of the first teams that I got to work with who was working in a, a European area, that a divided city, a divided nation. And one of the first people that this team found who came to faith, this person said, I thought I was the only person in the world who was seeking. And brother, you're not. They're not. There is people in every country and in every location who are seeking, who want to know more. Frank will say with the media to movement teams, it's maybe 2% or higher. I know this. It's at least 1% on the ads that I'm running all around the world. In over 71 different countries, we are seeing at least a 1% return of people Ultimately, not just first ad, all right, it's multiple touches, but there are seekers in every location. So we want to share this common identity with them, and then we want to begin to help them form new mental connections. So we want to begin for them to see that they can trust us, that they like us, that we are similar to them, that the content we are sharing with them is trustworthy, that we are honest with them. And so we really need to watch the words that we use. Words are really, really powerful. If I say, do you want a tax cut or do you want tax relief? Well, it's the same thing. But those words can really, really matter. These Nothing is off limits to your testing, to your growth hacking. So really pay attention to your words, to the length of your copy, to the words that you're using. But I do recommend using words like we and asking questions for sure. And so you can begin to share with them. You can get testimony. This is why it's so powerful because people begin to trust mentally when they see others who are like them who are liking something or trusting something in a new area where maybe they're just not sure on their expectations. And so we want to help them slowly melt that wax so that they can be conformed into the image of Christ, where they can begin to have an online conversation, which hopefully will lead to an offline one, where we can continue to share with them about Jesus, and where they then in turn can begin to disciple 
other people in their lives as well. So I hope that you will take this podcast today to look at some of these key points of using questions, of trying to slowly think step by step. This is why retargeting is so very important and helping establish that common identity, that sense of we, that they are not alone, and help build that trust in the Bible, in the people sharing with them, and in the media that you are sharing with them as well. So I hope that you can can use some of this. I hope that you are testing all of this greatly, and I appreciate you all so very much. So this podcast is going to come out on July 17th. Next week, I'm going to try to take some time to get a, just get off the computer a little bit and, and uh, do some things around our house and just unplug. I'm, I'm feeling tired and, and I really need to do that. So I do appreciate the questions that you all send me and the, and the comments and stuff. So if, if there's a delay in me getting back to you, just know we've been really swamped. The, the COVID-19 has created all sorts of opportunities that the door is opening for the gospel. So we're working hard, we're pushing hard, but we do appreciate you all and your comments. So as always, keep testing, figure out what's working, Please do more of that and let's make Jesus famous. I love you all. I appreciate you all. You are my heroes. God bless you. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast. We hope you subscribe to it and that you'll share it with those who are also laboring for the Lord to find seekers in their contacts. May God bless you in all you do for Him and for His kingdom.